Well, good morning, everybody. It's good to see you. It has been a whole year since I've seen many of you. That was last week. Anyway, welcome to the first service of 2019. There are a lot of great things going on, uh, I know, already in your life. But I have to ask a question. Does anybody desire the Lord to reveal more of who He is and what He has for your life in 2019? How many would like to have a little bit more? All right. You know, the, the scriptures say we have not because we ask not. It says that if we seek, we will find. But so many times we just kind of want it to drop on us. The only thing I have drop on me, I want to wipe off. Okay. So uh, you want to, <laughs> sorry, that was probably not real. Uh, strike that from the video feed. No, anyway. But I wanted to just welcome you. Before we get started, though, on the, the message today, I want to uh, kind of m- remind us of something we've been doing for the last, I think, four to six weeks. And that is, we have had before you, uh, or handed out, and that is a, the, 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 the 2019 funding for ministry. And I'm going to do a little overview, by the way, that's today. Uh, but what I wanted to do is give you, uh, what is this really about? A little, just, just a brief uh, set of some charts or numbers, but can I tell you, it's, it's less about buildings and parking lots. You know, we have to have that uh, to, to support ministry, but the real ministry you're funding is people. Jesus went to the cross for people, for you, for I. And so when we look at uh, what is being funded here, um, let's see if I can get this to work. Can you all help me out? This is not working. Hello, next slide. All right, our people. Uh, this is kind of hard to see a lot of the details, but it kind of shows you from zero to three, four to 11 and on up kind of the demographics of who meets here. Uh, and really it's not all about who's here. It's also about who is not here, who is not in the body of Christ, but it's good to know kind of what you belong to. Uh, I'll back up here and say that there were quite a few, that's about 2,500 people-ish uh, that have come through or that are on our books uh, when you look at the adult Bible studies, you think about what is being invested or sowed into the body. We have over 326 people involved in not just ministries, but Bible studies and fellowship, you know, the groups that, that look at the word and pray together. Uh, and there's a lot of opportunity there for if you're not involved to be part of that. Uh, you look at children's ministry, there's 351 people currently involved in the children's ministry, and most of those are children. But isn't that amazing? Here's, here's what I want to do. You know, okay, let's do student. There's 131 students that uh, are, are recorded thus far. And I know these are great. You know, think, oh, this is good. But here's what I want us to focus on. First of all, that yes, we're sowing into the body. We're equipping the saints for the works of the ministry. That is really what we're funding. But can I tell you that even though those numbers are great, what we want to do is think of those that are not in the church family. I can tell you just in the student arena, the, the 12 to 18, there's probably two to 3,000 within a five-mile radius of this building. I don't believe all of them are involved in a church. And so part of what you're sowing into is environments that we create. Wednesday night, Sunday morning, uh, special activities. They went and did ice skating last week, you know, to help help students come into the atmosphere of where the Lord is lifted up, the Lord is spoken about in the Lord's way. How do many know that constant exposure leads to contamination? Some of you are here like, 
I never thought of it that way. All right. So the next slide we have, just, just a few things. Here's our nursery over the last few years. It is growing. Yay, it's growing. It's an awesome thing. Uh, here's our children's church. Look what's been going on in the last four months just of this year. That's what's going on as we meet here. And when we put it all together, we can take a look at here's kind of what's been going on since 2015. We've got it all the way back till 2004, but uh, it's just that, again, that's not what we focus on. It's not trying to hit a mark or a number, but God believed in numbers. And the reason I believe that is there's a whole book in the Bible about it, okay? But it's not about the counts. It's not about the counts. It's about the people. It's about the genealogy. It's about families passing on to families and tradition onto tradition. One of the other things that is involved here, and I couldn't find enough clip art to, uh, to express uh, what goes on here, but many different things happen here from the Gideons to the Samaritan's Purse. We support a lot of things not on this campus that is part of the funding. And so just to give you a glimpse, uh, as we look at our church, we're looking for God to lead us into more and more and more. So there's another thing somebody says, well, you don't, you know, what about after the buildings paid off? What about this current mortgage? What are we going to do? Well, I don't, can I tell you, we're first going to invest in the, the mission and that's not buildings, even though buildings support the mission. It's people, it's getting the, the word out. It's looking at what this region needs. It's supporting and fortifying that effort. Does everybody agree with that? But then there's the possibility of dreaming, okay? So somebody said dream, and so I threw up some massive complexes. We'd need millions of dollars, and if somebody has their checkbook out today, we'll be okay with that. But I, I just want you to know, we, there used to be, a, uh, about 20 years ago, churches had this philosophy, if you build it, they'll come. That you might have worked in the 80s, but can I tell you that's not true in this time and this place. We want to be as lean and as, as least amount of debt as possible in whatever we do. So that's a dream. I'm not saying that's what we're going to do. Please do not look at that. Oh, Pastor, we're going to have two outdoor playgrounds. We're going to have a children. I mean, hey, if you've got about $30 million, we can make that happen really quick, okay? But uh, I just want you to know that it's, on, it's in our thinking, but it's not the front and foremost thing that we are looking at. We're looking to listen and follow God, to listen for him. To, to end all that we do and let him guide us in what we're doing. So this, this um, little piece of paper was in your bulletin. It's an, a, a form that says, yes, I either, and put your name on there, I affirm or I don't affirm what the elders has presented in this document. If you did not receive that document or you did not receive a form, give a wave. This is kind of a business portion. So we need about three over there. I know we have a, a, a ushers available. If you did not turn in your uh, slip in the offering plate. You're welcome to have them come get it now, or you can drop it off on your way out at the Welcome Center. This is our, our, our pretty much our only official business meeting of the year right here. And we're affirming or not affirming what you've had. Okay. Everybody had a chance to, to cast their, their input. And by the way, anytime you have questions Anytime you wonder what's, you know, how much we're spending on toilet paper or something, we'll let you know. It's an op they're open books. Uh, you come schedule an appointment or a time, and, and uh, we'll make sure that you're updated. We don't want to keep anything from anybody. Amen? Above reproach. All right.
So as I was talking and praying with the Lord and really processing I, about 2019, Lord, what's the message? It would just be just for uh, our journey as a church and as a church body. Uh, there were two or three different things that he put on my heart. I'm excited about a lot of things. In fact, I thought, well, I'll just do three sermons. But most of the time, y'all like to get out of here on time for lunch. So anyway, I didn't, that didn't really land at all, did it? Uh, but the Lord led me to the book of Proverbs. And the book of Proverbs uh, is a very special book. It's a book that, uh, uh, you know, is known as the wisdom literature. And in fact, if you have your Bibles, turn to Proverbs chapter 1. We're going to start there here in just a minute. Uh, but I wanted to, to let you know that the, this, this first few v- verses, uh, or first seven specifically, are, are much called a prologue or to the book of Proverbs and a little background in uh, in the uh, ancient Israel and I know we have three a slide here I don't know where it's at on here now things are a little off but there are priests there are uh, prophets and there are sages uh, that's what we find and uh, that, that communicate on behalf of God and I'll find it all right priests prophets and and sages there we go. Uh, and you've got priests that are about giving the law. We have prophets who give direction, that give correction, and sages give counsel. And when we look at the book of Proverbs, it's, it's nestled in or, or seated in within the, uh, of Job and Psalms and Ecclesiastes and Song of Solomon. Some people think that's palms and job. But anyway, I'm just seeing if you're awake today. Are you awake today? But here we are, and it's called the wisdom literature. But I have a question for you. How many of you would agree with this statement? You can have intelligence about things, but not be smart. You know, our culture loves to be educated. Our culture loves to be informed. And can I tell you, that's a great thing. But that doesn't mean that you're wise. Wise means you know how to respond to situations properly. It means you take what you've got in here and it comes out here or out in actions or behavior. It's about the heart. And so when we look at the first chapter of Proverbs and look at the first seven verses, it kind of sets us up to what this book is about. So if you'll just follow along with me, it says the Proverbs of Solomon, son son of David, king of Israel. For attaining wisdom and discipline, for understanding words of insight, for, let me just push pause, how many of, if you, any of these things would be something you would like more of from the Lord? I'm not just talking about facts, but you'd love to have heavenly wisdom, heavenly understanding. You'd like to have kingdom vision that God has. Just give a uh-huh shout out as, we, as, I, as I read this, okay? So that we're, we're studying this. This book was written. It, it's written in the natural, but it was inspired in the supernatural, okay? So it flows from God. So we have, it's for understanding wisdom, wisdom and discipline. It's for understanding or attaining that. It's for understanding words of insight. It's for acquiring a, a, a discipline and prudent life. It's for doing what's right and just and fair. How many in here think that applies to someone else? See, we love to receive that, but it's really about us knowing how God would do it. It's it's for giving prudence to the simple, for acknowledgement, and for discernment to the young. So it's not just about us receiving and us being educated and us being more equipped and us having better a better game. It's us then turning around and imparting it to others, not just your children, but the people you live, work, and play with. 
I love when one of the devotions this morning around communion says we are the representation of Christ. And so what comes out of us, how we carry ourselves. So you've got to have the kingdom stuff in here for it to come out. Verse 5. Now I don't know if anybody in here would consider to be wise. If you think you're wise, give a wave. We had one in the last service. I think he was 11. He was 11 year old, I think. But it says, hey... To the wise, I didn't say wise, whatever, but anyway, to the wise, and, and it says, what? They added to, the, and added to their learning. They said, listen, wise people, people that are smart, so many times the educated, the, well, the more they're educated, the less it's harder to hear. Have you noticed that? Because they know everything. They've got an angle and an, an apothesis, and they've got all these uh, theorems, and, and so it's got to be proven on paper. Can I tell you, faith doesn't work that way. But he's saying, look, if you're wise, listen, listen in the spirit and add to your learning and let the discerning uh, guide, uh, get guidance. You know, how many here are discerning? Most of us evaluate a lot and compare. He says, look, get some guidance, guidance for understanding proverbs, parables, sayings, and riddles of the wise. And then let's all read this last verse seven together. It says what? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge but fools despise wisdom and discipline. None of us in here are fools. No, I'm saying God doesn't see a fool sitting here. He sees with his help completed works of him. He sees with his help when we let him have the fullness of our life, he sees a finished work that's beautiful. And I want us to think about 2019, our personal individual lives. We can also apply it to the church. But what is it that, that we could start doing now? What we could t- do more of that maybe we've been doing? What are the things that would lead us in the right direction for a successful and a greater 2019? Well, I believe these are some great words. Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It's the beginning of knowledge. You know, wisdom, as we said, doesn't make you, or excuse me, literature doesn't make you wise, but you you begin to have life, you begin to seek the the understanding of the Lord. How many know that God knows everything that's behind you and everything that's ahead of you, so why wouldn't he be the right one to guide your presence? That's why we say, God, be in the presence. I want to be in the presence of God. That means the present of God. Do you see what I'm saying? And so when you have that kind of guidance, life will change with you. But can I tell you, it's easy to get distracted. Just to uh, verify the, the, this person we're talking about who wrote Proverbs, it's Solomon. In 1 Kings it says, that this is Solomon, that he spoke 3,000 Proverbs, that he, his songs were 1,005. Five, it says uh, he spoke of trees and of the cedars that are in Lebanon to the hyssops that grow out of the wall. He spoke about uh, also of the beasts and of the birds and the reptiles and the fish. And people of all nations came to hear the wisdom of Solomon and from all the kings of the earth who had heard of his wisdom. You know, in today's culture, he would, he would have some kind of high degree. Masters are above in literature. He would have a recording deal with Dove Records probably. Okay, that didn't land either. Uh, PhD in philosophy and in zoology and ornithology and her, all those zoologies, okay? I'm not even going to say them all, but he, he would be that kind of guy. Solomon died in 931 BC and wrote most of the book 
that we know today. There were a few others. We, we actually believe that he wrote one, verse, first 24 verses, or chapters, excuse me. Uh, but chapters 25 through 29 actually were compiled a little later. There's actually uh, a, 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 um, a song, Proverbs 25, uh, 1, that speaks of that the Proverbs of Solomon compiled by the men of Hezekiah. Okay, enough of background. I want to talk about the lesson today, and if you turn to chapter 7, and when you look at chapter 7, you may think, why in the world would I want to study this particular chapter on the first Sunday of 2019? But I think you're going to find when we get to the end of this study how applicable it is for your life, my life, and this church's life. One of the phrases that I'm using actually was first pinned in front of my eyes, was pinned by Andy Stanley in a book that talks about the path, the principle of the path. And this statement is, the road you're on determines where you'll end up. Like, wow, rocket science, right? The road you're on will determine where you're going to wind up at. And it seems so simple to think that way, but we don't think that way. What we do is we think we're in charge, number one, of the road. And number two, we think that, that the things that happen along the way don't really affect the destination. But can I tell you that it does? In fact, when you look at uh, I-35, I-35 runs almost to the, the north and south borders of, of our nation. Yeah, I can get dressed up as if I'm heading south to Galveston or south to, to the Gulf. I'm going to swim and wear, I bring my suntan lotion. I get everything. I, got, I bought everything I need. But if I turn and go north, I'm not going to hit those sandy beaches down in Galveston. Well, they're kind of sandy. Anyway, no, I'm going to wind up in Canada. And so your path, your direction determines your destination. Everybody want to say amen to that? So this simple concept, this simple concept applies to family life. It applies to your parenting. It applies to financial uh, issues in your life. It applies to your marriage. Where you're on now will determine where you'll wind up. Your dating life, raising kids, uh, your physical fitness, and ouch on that. But, uh, you know, if you continue to do what you do and you expect different results, what do they call that? Being crazy. But how many of us have bucket lists and wish lists and resolution lists and we have no adjustment to the direction we're taking? Do you see what I'm saying? And then we just toss it aside and go, well, maybe next year. Or, and yet, when we can hear from God, when we can hear the wisdom of heaven by being in Scripture, and we begin to adjust our direction in line with Him and His Word, guess what? The destination adjusts itself. My direction, not my intention, determines my destination. I don't know if you've ever uh, heard this, but I've heard a number of people, they'll come up to me and I'll say, how you doing? Well, I'm doing all right as well, well as it goes, you know, and, I, and they'll begin to talk about how this fell apart and this is falling, this isn't happening and now the kids are rebellious and whatever and, you know, the, 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 the dog kisses me and the wife bites me and, you know, I don't know. I, you know, they begin, and then they begin to tell, tell you why it's happening. You know, I, she just complained I'm working all the time or this or that and you're just listening and you're going, well, it's kind of obvious why the dog's loving you and she's not. But have you noticed that they don't get it? It's like, I can't believe I'm here. Why did God let this happen? 
Well, he probably was trying to get your attention a little earlier on the trail. You can be the smartest person. You can be the best looking person. You can be a person that's the biggest or the strongest, but the principle of the path is true. No matter, no matter, no matter. Direction, not intentions. Not your strengths, not your weaknesses, not your hopes, really not your Your direction determines your destination. Look at Proverbs chapter 7, verse 6. I want to talk to you about a story, and it's a story that Solomon is writing to the audience back then of 3,000 years ago, but he's writing to an audience of 2019, I believe. And at the window of the house, if you want to follow along, verse 6, at the window of, the, of my house, I looked out through the lattice, and I saw among the simple, I noticed a young Man, this could be a young woman. It could be an older woman. But a youth who lacked judgment. He was going down the street near her corner, walking along in a direction. Notice the words highlighted. So, so first of all, let me just say this. Sometimes we're out cruising in the wrong places. Now, that may be uh, in the mall, that may be uh, on the internet, they may, I, I don't know what it is, but if you get out close to where the things are you shouldn't be doing, guess what? You're closer than if you hadn't gone down that road. And, and so he, here he is, he's out there and he's lacking a little judgment. He's in the direction of something he knows isn't probably the best for him, but oh, what a moment it might be. You know, and so it's twilight, it's getting a little darker in verse 10, and behold, the woman meets him dressed as a prostitute. Now that just means that she was in her best. Folks, many people go to work, many people go into the workplace, and what people show up in the professional world is at their best. Now I'm not going to say everybody that works in the workplace is a prostitute, but think about it. In this context, now listen, you're at your, man, they're smelling good, and he's looking fine, and he's got the hair cut and the shaved and all that, but you know what? That's not how they look when they first wake up. And that's not how they look when they're under pressure. And the problem is, we don't sometimes get it and we'll allow that pretty perfume or that handsome cologne to get our attention. And maybe we even get over to the water cooler and go, hmm, mm, mm. This water's good. Here's the thing. This temptation that he's writing about isn't staying in one place. It's out and about everywhere. Do you see, the, see, what, see what he's painting here? And it waits. Let me go back one. And it says, and it lies and waits. See, in the scripture it says the, the devil is out to kill, kill, steal, and destroy. He's like a lion that's roaming. He, he wants to come after especially believers and those that are innocent. He wants to take you out and ruin your testimony. So there's this active force that is pursuing you. Whether you're having a good day, bad day, it's pursuing you because it wants to take you down. And so if you apply this or overlay this, this is this kind of temptation that, that this young man's walking into and if there was a soundtrack it'd go do you know what i'm talking about jaws okay here we go and she took hold of him and kissed him that means when you grabbed a hole you sat down in that zero turn radius mower on the showroom floor and that seat had never been crushed by anybody else's blessed assurance and you grabbed a hold of those handles and you were feeling you were seeing yourself out on your lawn mowing faster than anybody do you see all of a sudden you're embracing the moment 
I'm not saying zero turn radius mowers are bad, but sometimes I have to stay out of those places because my credit card, before I know it's sticking in the machine. <laughs> Honey, they're making a delivery. <laughs> I'm going on a trip, a business trip. No. She presents to him that she's all fine. She's been down the temple and paid all that she needed to. I've cleared out the old sin bucket and ready for some more. Linens, it always smells good, looks good. You know, sin and distractions are always... See, the devil knows what you like. And he will camouflage and doctor and, and try to set traps for you that look and smell and captivate you. Do you all agree with that? How many have ever seen the devil with a pitchfork and a, and, a, and, you know, and a pointed tail standing in front of you? It's easy to reject that. Let's enjoy. Let's enjoy. There's no one going to watch. This is private. No, Hey, we can do it this longer because they're not watching. That's a bunch of nonsense. Bunch of nonsense. And with persuasive words... She leads him astray he, with, with this marketing campaign of only 162 easy payments. You will not even feel it. Those are only $39.95 for the rest of your life. All that timeshare that you're going to spend all that money. And I'm not saying timeshares are bad. If you got one, let me know. Uh, but I've been in those presentations, and you know, it's this monstrous amount of money you're committing to, but where their focus is, oh, can't you just see your kids playing on the, on, out there in the lake? Persuasive. Got led astray. And it says in verse 22, all at once, <laughs> falling like a fog. I mean, just, led, just being, being led off to slaughter. I don't want that for us in 2019. And it may not be in a, this context. This is maybe literal, maybe not. But it'll lead to death. It leads to destruction, the distractions. And, and the greatest thing that, that, that we have to fight is in the, especially a Western mindset, but I think it's a, a, a relevant cultural mindset, that all those little temptations are just moments. All those little oopsies and indiscretions, you know, that isn't the direction of my life. That's just those things that are along the way. And I just pull over for a minute. I only just do that when no, you know, I, everybody deserves a break today. Well, if, then go to McDonald's. Uh, but but hey, look, I deserve a little me time and whatever that is. And can I tell you that that's not just a moment. There's nowhere in scriptures that say that moment is separate from the direction of your life. Folks, that's part of your life. And you can't go back and undo it. And so you have to decide before that, that hey, that will take me just a minute degree off course. I'm not going to do it. Solomon gets attention to his listeners, and he says, now then, people of Guthrie, people of Community Church, people, sons and daughters, pay attention to what I'm about to say. He just told them the story. He says, do not let your, what? Heart turn to those ways. Be careful. Be careful of the paths that, that take you off course, those, those things you can buy or those things you can embrace. And it will lure you in because it knows where you're tired and worn out and need a break. And, and so all of a sudden you're over here. And then all of a sudden you, 
you're where you your direction's been taking you. He says many. So this isn't something that just a, uh, can I tell you that I get tempted a lot? I have to constantly be fighting. Why? Because I think the devil wants to take me out as much as you or anybody else. And so I'm constantly, but he says, look, many are victims that she has brought down and slain. Hey, all she's trying to do, she doesn't care about the moment. She's trying to mess you up. And, and it's a she or a he or whatever, okay? Maybe it's chocolate. Maybe it's a Starbucks addiction. I was t- in the first service said, if you've got one of those $150 a month Starbucks addiction, make sure and call me. I'll meet you there, you know, so we can share. But no, no. Can I tell you that what I'm talking about, and it will happen in 2019, it's like a highway that you're on. We're not talking about a little bitty trailer crack. It is like a five-lane highway with that little star-fast uh, commuter lane in it. Folks, everybody, many deal with this. And it says this path, if you're not aware, it says, hey, be aware, heads up. That you'll wind up there and you didn't really plan to get there. And so when we come to your direction, not your intentions, determines your destination. So what's your intentions, but what's your direction? So you have to reconcile that. How many say, well, I, I want 12 months from now to be financially in a better place. Can I tell you, if you keep doing what you're doing and spending like you're spending, and you, you'll be right where you're at today. Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to be on the internet and struggling with those places I shouldn't go. But but you keep winding up there when nobody's in the home, or you keep winding up there in private places. Go buy you a filter. Go do something. Throw the thing away, because if it can't be mastered, it'll master you. Maybe it's shopping. Maybe it's credit card. Maybe it's Amazon. I got an Amazon habit. You know, all of Christmas was bought on Amazon. <laughs> And deliver to all the kids. But you got to be careful. So here's the question. What direction are you headed today morally? You're at the beginning of the year and you can change the destination. With God's help, God's grace, God's forgiveness, God's amazing Holy Spirit, through God's word, you can change things. Where are you morally? Where are you relationally? You say, well, I really, you know, feel alone. And well, hey, you can, you can begin to change that by inviting somebody out to lunch. How many in here eat? I've asked this question before. Most of you I'm, I'm, I'm observing do pretty good at it. Like me. Go invite somebody else. Those people have something in common. They eat too. Say, hey, let's go have a peanut butter sandwich. Okay. Now you're not alone. I mean, that sounds so simple, right? Uh, financially, where are you at? Where are you at in your education? Where are you at in your faith walk with the Lord? And then here's the thing. How do you uh, learn to choose the right path? How do you do that? Can I give you some suggestions? Billy Graham has a great one. I love his, I love his life. I love his legacy. He wrote this that Psalms tells us how to get along with God, and Proverbs tells us how to get along with our fellow man. Do you all agree with that? It's an interesting thing. And so he says, I read five Psalms a day. 
And then I read the chapter, one chapter of Proverbs every day. In Proverbs, there's 31 chapters. There's not any months with any more than 31 uh, days in it. So today, which is January the 6th, you could go home and read Proverbs chapter 6 and tomorrow chapter 7. And if you skip one, then you just pick out what day is it. Okay, I'll read that chapter. And if you begin to make a habit of that, and I challenge the first service, if we would just take the next 31 days, okay, and begin to read Proverbs and say, God, we're going to ask you to do something through this. Now, I know a lot of you have a a, a quiet time. You have devotionals, and I love that. But can I tell you, I'm going to challenge you on something. I, I I believe God is wanting this body and you individually to begin to hear him purely through Scripture. So read the scripture first, lift it up and pray and meditate on that, and then add your commentary, add your devotions. Those are wonderful, but he wants to get us back to his word. It's the powerful most thing that has ever been breathed and inspired for mankind. And we get too many things of like the, the, you know, well, I, I read this author, my devotions, this author. And, and I think that's wonderful. Don't, 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 make, don't hear me say throw it away. But go back and start with Scripture. That's what was ex- in, inspired and breathed out into existence. And pray over that and meditate over that. And here we are looking at Scripture. Billy Graham. How many would like to have a, a life legacy of Billy Graham? Wow. So it's a great start. Another place you can do it. We have children and youth programs, but here are some adult study groups, groups that get together. And you don't have to do one here, but get in fellowship with somebody that loves the Lord, that's wanting to do the things of the Lord, and do some life together with them outside of Sunday morning. Say, hey, let's go have, let's go recreate together and do it in the way that brings honor to God. And guess what'll happen? Those moments that you don't see coming. See, that young man didn't see it coming. He would just kind of, oh, it's going to be amazing. Oh, and the credit card or whatever goes in. And oh, you know, if he had a friend or a buddy or a wingman running with him, he'd say, Hey, stop that. What are you knucklehead thinking? Well, I just like to play pools while I go to that place. Yeah, I know they're over there dancing on the pole and stuff, but I, you know, I just like the wings. (laughs) Can I be honest with you? You need a buddy. You need a girlfriend or a guy that, uh, you know, somebody that's, that, that, that's going the same direction because you won't see it coming. Or you'll be playing with the thought of, it's just a moment. It's just a business thing. Can I just tell you there's a word for that? It's called hogwash. It's not of the Lord. It's not, that is a worldly philosophy. I sipped that Kool-Aid and did it. And I want for you more than anything, for you and your life and your family and this church to hear him more clearly than we've ever heard him. We've got a lot of things ahead of us, and not only here but in your life. There's a lot of very important decisions, wise in the road, that we've got to be on the right path pointed in the right direction and hearing in the spirit being in the word so that we're in tune with god's will and way for your family and for your life for your work for your business place go hang out with businessmen or businesswomen who who own businesses but they're believers and they're trying to do it god's way and bringing him honor whatever your occupation nursing whatever can i tell you i know what goes on in the er after you're asleep clean that up why because i want god to bless you 
I want God to bless you. How many want to be blessed by God? Then he says, do it my way. How many, you tell our kids, well, I want to bless you, but I don't want to do it your way. I don't want to, do it his way. Don't get lured in. Don't, you need somebody in your life that knows enough to catch you, to keep you going the right direction. So you can join one of these groups. You can go, we have a, uh, uh, Susan Swart is leading this, but for years we've been wanting to do something the very first part of the year, and we're calling it Community You, You. And it's going to be, this is our, our beta year, our kickoff year. On the right side, you'll find the various courses that are going to be offered, either four or six or even up to 13 weeks. If you want to sign up for that, you can go to your app. That's a picture of my app, a little circle down there, and it leads you over to a thing that says register. You can sign up for those. Or you can go to our website, and there's not only the Community U groups that are available, there's other groups that you can get involved in. Here's why we've got to get involved, because we won't see it coming, folks. You need to do life with others that love the Lord. So in the weeks ahead, especially next week, we're going to talk about what happens when you get off course. Proverbs have some things to say about that. This message was not the the rah-rah message. Other than it's always good to know the contrast. See, being, for instance, salvation. Salvation isn't that big deal unless you remember what it is to not have it. Heaven doesn't seem like a big deal until you say, what is hell like? And when you realize what hell is and you don't want that, then then heaven's looking a lot better of a reward that comes through Jesus Christ. And so we want to look at 2019 and say, I don't want to just repeat this year. I don't want to just have some good intentions. I want God's blessing and favor like never before. So get in the word Follow along, adjust your course, and the destination will change. Let's all stand. I was able to close the last service. It was so fun. The last service was where a couple of men, young men, very young men, got baptized. We we had one that was 71. And he's he's just excited that he was going to get to be baptized in front of folks. Another one, I think he's in his 50s, Doug McGrath. And he's, he, you know, both of them, one was sprinkled, one of them didn't. He said, you know, I, but there was a, I, I just want God to use this public profession of faith. See, what happened in their hearts had already happened. But they were excited to shout out to the world, I'm changed. I'm being changed. I'm not perfected yet. Neither one of those men, nor I or any in this room, are perfected yet. But they're saying, I have committed my life in front of this body to grow like never before. That's what one of them said. That's what God wants for you. It's what I want for you. I can just tell you, there's some great things ahead in 2019. But they're greater only if you let God in. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you that today we can celebrate that you're alive. We can celebrate your word that's alive. And Father, we can acknowledge and celebrate that you have left us this alive and powerful Holy Spirit that's in our lives. 
Father, I pray for this church body. I pray for myself. I pray for their homes. I pray, pray that we will be your people called by, my, by your name, Father. I pray that we'll humble ourselves and adjust our course, Lord, and seek you, Lord, and pray and turn from our wicked ways, Lord. I pray that you would bring heaven down and touch earth through our lives that others may see and others will be drawn to the saving knowledge of you. So now go before us. Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you for what you're about to do. And God's people said, amen. Amen. God bless you all. Hug somebody before you leave and take the field. You're the missionaries heading out into the world. God bless.